Welcome to Season Ticket, presented by Press Room Pass. This podcast is your passport to sports history with a peek at the present. The hosts, Chris and Don, will share with you their love of sports, highlighting their favorite teams and seasons. While they focus on the past, they'll talk about some current events too, and along the way they'll probably throw in a few pop culture references. This is Season 1, Episode 3, and the guys are continuing their series celebrating the Cincinnati Reds' 150th year. In this episode, Don talks about the ups and downs of the Reds teams through the 40s and 50s, while Chris focuses on the changes that took the Reds into the 1961 World Series. Both are excited about the return to the championship, but not thrilled about the outcome. This podcast is presented by PressRoomPass.com. You'll hear more about Press Room Pass and how to connect with the podcast later, but right now, let's start the show. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Season Ticket presented by PressRoomPass.com. I'm here as always with my cohorts, Donnie T-Bone Tincher. Hello, Don. Hey, how are we doing today? All right, and Michael W. Schweigert. How you doing, Michael? <laughs> it's a great day here at Season Ticket. We talked the last time about the 1939 and 1940 World Series. The Reds actually won the 1940 World Series. Well, in today's episode, we're going to discuss the next World Series that the Reds were in, and that was the 1961 World Series, where they played the New York Yankees. Seems like everybody always played the New York Yankees back in those days. And, of course, this was the Reds team that had MVP that year, Frank Robinson. During the 40s and 50s, again, the Reds were up and down, mediocre, this, that, and the other. And then the Reds made a pretty significant hire that wasn't actually a player. He was a new general manager, Bill DeWitt. Yeah, they hired him after the 1960 season. Of course, he was responsible for some of the Detroit Tigers' success mm-hmm. that they were having. 1961 was a pretty good year for the Tigers, so he had built that team. With the Reds, he was able to do some things, just make a few trades here and there. And probably yeah, what were the, the, some of the most significant well, the, ones? The, that the he... biggest thing that he did trade-wise was that he picked up Joey Jay from the Milwaukee Braves. Okay. Now, the Reds had several All-Stars. They had some pretty decent years in the 50s, right. but they were not able to compete with the Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Braves. That was kind of a tough go-round for the Reds, but they weren't awful. They were pretty successful in a lot of years, but just not good enough to get to the World Series. So they had some of those players. Frank Robinson came along in 1956. Veda Pinson came along shortly after that. And, you know, there were some other players along the way that kind of really helped with the development of the team, which led to 1961. And similar to 1940, there was a death that would rock the boat. Yeah, that kind of seemed to haunt the Reds. Yeah, and and you had Powell Crosley Jr., who was the owner Mm -hmm. of the Reds, died just before the season began. Mm -hmm. DeWitt would eventually purchase the team. So he was hired as general manager, but ended up becoming the owner. Becoming the owner. Of the and, Reds and then, after uh, Crosley. You know, and, and then, of course, we're probably not going to go into this on this one, but he's the one that eventually traded Frank Robinson. Oh, my you know, goodness. So, so, so he's, as, so he's as also good, infamous. Yeah, yeah. there, there you go. Well, right? But, you know, you, you do have to throw that in. He did some great things <laughs> to get the team to the point where they were in the World Series, but then in the end it turned out. Not so great. We all do well, that. Well, there I seems suppose. to be a pattern of that because as we get into the seventies, uh, same thing happened. Yes, with another general manager, which again we'll we'll get yeah, to we in can, future, yeah we, we uh, can, podcast. We can we can do that. And the Reds that year, actually in nineteen sixty one, they had the best record in the National League, ninety three and sixty one. Right. Obviously, that was pretty good. The biggest problem for the Reds was that they were going to end up playing the Yankees. Which, by the way, that was a Yankees team that had both Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle on it. 
vying for the home run championship that year, correct? Yes, that that would be correct. And they would also be very angry they had lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates the year before in the World (laughs) Series. That's right. I've seen multiple interviews with Mickey Mantle over the years where he said that he felt like that was the only time in the World Series that the team that wasn't the best team won. Oh, okay. And that was something that was. Did he have a martini in his hand uh, as he was no, saying this? I, I just I, that I don't know. <laughs> terrible <laughs> don't know. shot at don't, Mickey. Don't, don't don't know. Mickey was was quite those, this, those of you quite the in, individual. I love all you New York uh, Yankee fans. Yeah, that was one of the more interesting statements because he was on teams that lost the World Series. Yes. So it wasn't like he was just saying, "Well, we should have won that one." He just felt like of all of the years. That was the one that hurt the most, I suppose, because he felt like that was the team that should have beaten the Pirates and didn't. And so, they did not. so then right. they come up with the Reds the next year, and uh, I'm assuming that everybody kind of felt like, well, that we're going to get this one done this time, and doesn't matter who. That we're team playing. also had Yogi Berra on it. Oh yeah, yeah, Yogi Berra and Whitey Ford and a lot of the, I mean, the legends. legends. It's one of the better teams all time. There's a lot of guys on that team, and you know, it was a great team. So all you can really say about that. And then the the Reds were a great team as well. It's just that the Yankees were better. You know, one of the things that the 61 Reds had was Fred Hutchinson Mm -hmm. as a manager. You know, that's something that you look at through the history of the Reds. When they have somebody that is really a great manager, they win. Pat Moran, Bill McKechnie, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, we're up to the point where we're talking about Fred Hutchinson. Yeah. Of course, we'll get to Sparky Anderson, Lou Pinella down the line. Well, that sounds great, Don, and I'll tell you what, when we come back from the break, let's actually get into the World Series itself. Wasn't that great a World Series, to be honest with you? We'll divulge into that and the numbers and how the Reds did when we come back. So thanks again for listening to Season Ticket, presented by PressRoomPass.com. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll hear more about the Cincinnati Reds' 1961 World Series appearance in a few minutes. Right now, we want to take a quick break to let you know about the podcast presenting sponsor, PressRoomPass.com. Our co-host, Don Tincher, posts great articles relevant to the season on the website on an almost daily basis. He has a great series on Reds history in honor of their 150th anniversary. You should head over there later and read a few. While you're there, check out the sponsors and advertisers. Our featured sponsor this month is ProCT Solutions. You have questions, they have answers. If your small business is still using Windows 7 or older systems, contact ProCT Solutions about moving to a modern platform. While the January 2020 end of service date for Windows 7 does not come with the same issues as earlier Microsoft retirements, you shouldn't trust your data to older systems without knowing the risks. The experienced and friendly staff at ProCT Solutions can answer your questions and help you get the best technology fit for your business. Visit ProCTSolutions.com to get in touch with the professionals who want to solve your problems so you can focus on your business. Be sure to listen to the closing for more details about getting in touch with the podcasters. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Season Ticket, presented by PressRoomPass.com. In our first segment, Don, we were talking about the 1961 World Series, the Cincinnati Reds in particular, a little bit about the Yankees and what led up to the World Series. Now, let's talk about the World Series itself. 
wasn't a very good series. The first two games were played at Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees they, won the first they, game. They the Reds, though, they came back to Cincinnati, uh, split one to one. Right. The Reds had some some great players at that point. We've talked about Frank Robinson, mm-hmm. Veda Pinson. Those were really the two offensive stars. The pitchers, Bob Perky, Jim O'Toole, and we mentioned Joey Jay that was acquired in a trade. Well, and in Joey Jay in game two, actually, Joey Jay only gave up four hits. And two runs in the Reds' victory. And, of course, he's the only one that won a game for the Reds at that point. The Yankees then took care of business. And Well, and Whitey Ford won the first game. He also won he the— pretty dominant. He, he won the fourth game as well. And, yeah. and, you know, Whitey Ford was such a great performer in the World Series. It's just going to be hard to overcome. Well, in game one, he only gave up two hits. Right. Zero no runs. And then in game four, which he pitched, he gave up five hits, but again, no runs. Right. More yeah. Importantly. Yeah. Two, two shutouts. That's right. You know, that the Yankees had in the series. And, you know, Whitey Ford was the winning pitcher in both of those, which the Yankees would always call him the chairman of the board. There's a good reason why he is in the Hall of Fame as well. Absolutely. You know, somebody that was also a part of that team. Well, and Jay, who pitched well in one game, too, got clobbered in game five. The Yankees won that game thirteen to five. And the first two innings, he gave up six. No, actually, in the first four, he gave up uh, eleven runs. All told, the uh, the Yankees had fifteen hits, and there, there were go. eight red pitchers in that game. Yep. So it didn't start well, and obviously didn't end well. well they gave up five and didn't go well in the middle. Might, no, <laughs> and it wasn't good in the middle either. Pulled it, yeah, and they first no, no, inning no. It And the crazy thing is that the Yankees had six runs in the first two innings. A lot of people are probably not even going to remember. A guy by the name of Hector Lopez drove in four runs. You're looking at me like, like I had or, no me, idea. Who not four Hector runs, five Lopez. runs. I, I was for mistaken. the Yankees, right? Yeah, for the Yankees. I, I was looking at your face, going like, "Who is Hector Lopez? Yeah, who is Hector Lopez? <laughs> you know, he's a guy that fits into their offense as a role player over time. That's his day. You know, as as far as being is a like member the, of the Yankees, is he is he kind of annoying? Is he like the Julian Edelman no, of the no. uh, New York Yankees? Hector Lopez was a New York Yankee. Tell me, he was kind of like the unsung hero. There's another guy too, besides Hector Lopez. How about Johnny Blanchard? Johnny Blanchard, yeah, he was. That's right. How you about know, him? When you watch '61, yes. the the Billy Crystal movie uh, about Roger Marison mm-hmm. and Mickey Mantle, you see a lot of these guys that are part of the team and, and whatnot, and. Blanchard was someone that was a popular player. He was just one of those guys that fit in with the team. And, you know, when you play as many games in baseball as as you do during a season, you need a lot of guys to do things. And and everybody seems to be able to contribute in ways that make teams successful. Yeah, Uh, well, and overall in that series, just looking at all the numbers, the Reds, except for game two, which they won, their offense just – the Yankees pitching just shut them down. Right. A couple of shutouts. The most they scored after the six runs they scored in the win was only five in game five. And that was, again, they got blown out 13-5. to five. Right. I mean, Robinson and these guys, they had okay games, but nothing that um, right. and, and was it just significant. Was, you know, it was just a, kind of an overwhelming thing, I think, for for the Reds. Frankly, the, the Yankees were at a point where they were were starting to get older. Yes. And, and, but they were right at the end of prime of a lot of those guys, and things were, were working out really, really well. They, they did win the series the next year. Mm-hmm. But that series in 1962 would have been the last time that they had won until 1977. That's right. So, so they, they went for a, a long stretch so without the, the dynasty without took a little bit of a break. Well, they lost twice in 63 to the Dodgers and mm-hmm. 64 to the Cardinals and then were never in the World Series again until the Reds beat them in 1976. 
in the postseason. And for the Reds, the 60s then took an interesting turn throughout the decade. You still had Frank Robinson and Veda Pinson on the team, but something happened later in the decade, which we'll get to with our next podcast as we get into the big red machine of the 70s that kind of changed the dynamic for the Cincinnati Reds, turned them into one of the most winningest franchises in the history of baseball. Yeah. So we will discuss that next time. For now, I'm Chris Cornett, again, along with my cohorts Don Tincher and Michael Swigert. Thank you for listening to our Season Ticket Podcast. And remember, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our podcast, and visit our website, freshmanpass.com. Thanks for listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of the Season Ticket Podcast presented by PressRoomPass.com. Come back for the rest of the opening series focusing on the Cincinnati Reds in celebration of their 150th anniversary. Our next episode will spotlight the Big Red Machine of the 70s. It's arguably the best baseball team in history, and certainly Chris and Don think so. They're looking forward to sharing their love of the Reds and sports in general, past and present, with you. Earlier, I mentioned you can find out how to connect with Chris and Don. Begin by visiting the PressRoomPass.com website. After reading a few articles there, stop by our Facebook page. There's a link in the show notes, or you can find us by searching the phrase Season Ticket Presented by President Bass. Chris and Don look forward to reading your comments. You can also contact the podcast by email at seasonticket at pressroompass.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can now find us on Google Podcasts and Stitcher. The RSS feed is at seasonticket.castos.com, and you can subscribe at Spotify and iHeartRadio. You'll find us on your favorite podcast app or site soon. We'll update the show notes as we expand our reach. New episodes will be announced on our Facebook page and at PressRoomPass.com. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell your friends. Another podcast in the series will be released soon. Until then, keep your eye on the ball. no significance to any of those things. Michael, you ready? I've been ready. Okay, so we do a pause and we'll get started. Well, I can't I stand I Julian Edelman. Of the- I think I many of you who are going to lose this show are going to find out pretty quickly that I am not a New England Patriots fan. <laughs> I can't stand anything about them. It's from Tom Brady, right at a cheating... Belichick, right on down. I'm sorry, am I? I'm digressing. Well, right? It's 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 quite but all right. I just so welcome to, to season four of season <laughs> four. <laughs> so yeah, I just want to make sure that well, we're you know, clear that Hector Lopez any, is any not time, like Julian Edelman. Any any time that that Chris can take the air out of a podcast by mentioning the Patriots, <laughs> I'm you know, it's it's he's going to take care right. of it. It doesn't any, anything that he can use to, to to take care of that. Now, I'm you know, absolutely going to do that, and I. I wouldn't have it any other way. Any problems there? Yeah, I know you got to clean that up. I didn't write that, by the way. Michael. Why does he get a? I guess I get a nickname. He gets a W. Well, he gets a W. You get T-Bone. I know. And those are, by the way, uh, to our audience out there, those are names I just totally made up for both these guys. But I've been calling them that for years. Yeah, my real name is Aloysius McGillicuddy. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, who was Hector Lopez? (laughs) 